Welcome to the second season of ISPM Talks. I am your host, Marcela Hoffman-Mourão. In our first episode in this academic year of 2021-2022, we welcome a new ISPM teacher, Fernando Gutierrez Chico. He moved here from Spain and is already busy with work, but we found some time to have a chat in the university's studio at the main campus. Fernando has a doctoral degree in social sciences with specialization in anthropology of sport from the University of Salamanca. His doctoral thesis, focused on athletic Bilbao, studies football as a social-cultural construct, as well as a space for the reshape of identity limits in territorial, ethnic, or gender terms. But before that, he obtained his master's degree in anthropology of Ibero-America, also at the University of Salamanca, and his bachelor's degree is in journalism from the Basque Country University. His research interests combine all his academic experiences, looking into interculturality and the use of media for civic and educational aims. As a journalist, he worked for outlets such as Cadena Ser and Radio Popular de Bilbao, also anchoring sporting events at Spanish La Liga and Spanish Cup. What I discover from my colleague Fernando is that he is, as that expression says, my brother from another mother. We have familiar paths and that made the conversation very relatable. So I hope you will enjoy. Fernando, welcome to ISPM Talks Season 2. Thank you. Episode 1. A uh, very special episode uh, and very special to, to be actually here. We're actually on campus today at the main campus. Usually I do the podcast from home and now we're here on the main campus so we can do this face-to-face which is weird because I, I want to look at the computer. I'm so used to doing the interviews like this, but we'll, we'll try to do it like this. Um, Fernando, as I already said in the intro, you are, you are our new ISPM teacher, and um, it's super nice to have you. You're from Spain. It's always good to have variety in terms of where our teachers come from. And, uh, and I'm also super excited because, like myself, you're also a journalist, you're into the social sciences as well. So basically today is a chat to get to know you a little bit, uh, introduce you to, to the students, to future students that are listening to, to this podcast as well. And then um, we can brainstorm things that we can work together in classes like sports sociology and like sport media, for instance. So welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure if you want me to start the season, but um, yes, no, I'm I do. Okay <laughs> I do. I do want you to start the season. Of course, it was, uh, yeah, perfect. So, and especially, again, like I said, doing it live, it's it makes it more special. But I I already introduced you, but uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. So you have a background in communication in journalism, and then you went into a master's in anthropology, and then you were doing your doctoral and your focus with Athletic Bipal, which we're going to talk as well because it's your it's your club, right? It's my passion. It's your passion. So there's a lot for us to cover. So let's talk about your background. What made you go into journalism and how was your, your time working as a journalist? Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. Um, I did my bachelor's in journalism from 2008 until 2012. And actually, I did it in the Basque Country. I'm not from the Basque Country, but I did it in the Basque Country, actually because of Athletic Bilbao. Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, as 
probably every Spanish kid. I uh, was crazy about football and I was crazy about my team. So I thought, okay, how can I get closer to, to my team? And I thought, okay, journalists are always there. Journalists become friends with the footballers and with all the members of the, of the board. And I said, okay, why not? And uh, since I was a kid in the, in the high school, I always liked these sort of subjects related with writing and speaking in front of everyone. Nothing interesting that I could say, but I like that sort of environment. So I thought, okay, you know, probably uh, journalism is, is my thing. Obviously, when you enter the, the, the degree, uh, you start seeing things that are not that obvious when you are an outsider. So obviously, you know, like it comes to theories or how to present stuff. And, and at some point, especially the first year, I was a bit overwhelmed because uh, I was like, okay, well, I didn't know journalism was this. Um, but you get used to that. And obviously, teachers are there to, to guide you and to tell you more about uh, how this works and how the, the world works uh, within, or at least from that point of view. And um, it's like a challenge. The first challenge you get, uh, take it or leave it. I took it. And I went through and actually uh, by the time I was doing my first course, my first year, I was already working for, for a local radio station. And uh, it was kind of uh, interesting experience because obviously I was not on the, uh, I don't know, like the contract payment uh, list, so to speak. I was just a collaborator, but uh, it was great that someone from that radio station said, like, okay, you know, you come from a different city and you have this passion about football and about the team. And, you know, we have this sort of uh, round table every week. So, you know, it would be great to have you around. And I took that chance and not only that chance, because obviously once you are in, you want to know more and more. So I was, you know, all the time, hey, can you explain me this? How do you do this? How do you do that? So they saw that sort of passion in me. And that's why slowly they started to give me more uh, tasks. Uh, so at some point I ended up going to Athletic Bilbao's homes, uh, uh, games at home and doing this sort of uh, on-field reporting. Mm. So uh, it was probably the, the few occasions, but those occasions are very well uh, recorded in, in my mind. And, um, and it was great because uh, obviously that was another challenge because something is what you learn at school or university but then another completely different thing is what you experience in sort of real life action let's call it and um and yeah it's all about experiences and you learn from those experiences until the point that you know uh, many many years later i was working for the main radio station in, in spain cadena ser not in madrid i was in my hometown so it's obviously lo local radio broadcasting so, so to speak so obviously the, the focus of the Fochi are different but the dynamics are the same and uh, obviously I didn't cover a sport at that time I was more into politics and, and social stuff um, but it was good it was good to intertwine both uh, perspectives and both um, points of view and try to do some sort of interconnection in that and, um, and to be honest with you, and I'm going to confess this, it's so cool to be back on a radio studio. Yeah, it is. So cool. Yeah. I was missing it a lot. Yeah, it is. Radio is kind of like you get hooked to radio. So, yeah, TV is fancy, internet, but radio is something it's hard to explain. It's, it's very intimate. Yeah. Even sometimes I'm listening to the radio in Dutch and my Dutch is not very good. I can barely understand it when they talk fast. But just having that voice, you know, from the radio makes it special. So I definitely know. And it's funny, you were describing your story and in my mind is playing the film of my life because it's exactly the same. So I started 
in journalism school. And in the first year, I got a job at the radio station as well because I wanted to learn about radio. So what I did is I went there and I said, look, I'm a student at university and I just want to see how is the work. Let me just sit here and, and observe. So I was going there every day after after school. And when the an internship position opened up, I was the first person, hey, let's invite her. So I did my internship, and, and it's called internship, but you are actually a reporter already doing uh, actual reporting. And all of that happened before I even have radio classes at university. So when I got to the radio classes, I think it was year two or year three, I remember my teacher saying, well, I wish you could just skip this class because I listened to you on the radio already, so it feels weird that I'm teaching you. But uh, yeah, it was a very similar journey as well. And it's it's cool to kind of reminisce it now that you were talking. And uh, it just comes to show that if you have a passion, you know, just show yourself and just ask and maybe they will let you in and, and observe like I did in the beginning. So uh, it's very special. And also what you said about the first year being overwhelming. I think the students can also relate the first year ISPM. There's a lot of content, a lot of information. So you kind of had to stick to it and and you will be fine in the end but it's a good lesson it, it, it's everywhere the first year should be like this also to show who the ones that really want to do this they will stick around uh but yeah radio is fantastic so it is it yeah. is and uh and yeah you, you you summarized it in a very nice way in terms of what the lesson could be out of this world um if you like something if you are passionate about something Go for that. I mean, what can they tell you? No, we don't want you. Okay, well, you remain in the same place. Yeah. You don't lose anything. But if yeah. they say yes, you win a lot. Yeah. And, and I mean, they will remember you, you know. They will remember your, your passion and your effort. Maybe they won't take you because there might be someone better. And, and it's fine, but they will remember you. So you have to make an impression, positive impression, of course. So that's very cool. Um, and I, yeah, I also worked with politics and that is one of the reasons why I also eventually switched to, to sports because at some point after being a journalist for so many years in Brazil, working with politics and world news, I also cover world news at the time of 9-11 and the invasion in Iraq. It was too much for me. I was, I needed a break from journalism and then I went into sport. But then you focus also in anthropology. Was that something that resulted from your experience as a as a journalist that you thought, well, anthropology is an interesting field and I want to look into it? Kind of. Um, I should say, I should confess that uh, I did my last year of bachelor's in Sweden. I was uh, I went there for my, my Erasmus. And at that point, I kind of disconnected from, from sports and I went more into sort of international relations, but also intercultural stuff. So that kind of light I uh, started to, to to blink in my in my mind, and uh, when I went back home after that year, I thought it's like okay, so what do I want to do now? And uh, I started to to mess around with cultural stuff, and I was more and more interested in getting to know other cultures and to do this sort of extra cultural activities and 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 try to understand how other people were looking at the world or you know like trying to get traditions and customs from from all over the, the world. And I ended up having that sort of uh, radio show about interculturality. Mm. And uh, I was bringing them every week, people from different communities where I was living, just to speak about certain patterns of their culture. So I don't know, 
tell me about music in your country or tell me about this specific topic or even tell me about sports. Uh, what, what was the main sport in your country or on your community or who is the star there? And that became, without me knowing it, that was my entrance into the world of anthropology. And at some point I thought, it's like, okay, you know, it would be so cool to have this radio show and to live out of this radio show, but I cannot do it on my own. I need, I need some sort of um, um, tools for that. And one friend told me, he's like, have you ever thought of, you know, like studying a master's and trying to, I don't know, probably reach the university and get something through the university because that would be the place for that. Okay, well, that, that might make sense. So what could I study? Uh, I, I, I know what I want to study, something related with cultures and, and, I don't know, international relations or something like that. But probably I don't know the names yet or, or, or the names of the courses and the degrees. And at some point I was just like, you know, like doing this sort of search through, through the different uni websites. And I came across a master's called Anthropology of Ibero-America. And it's like, okay, you know, I have this passion for Ibero-America, but what is anthropology? Because it sounds like weird for me. And when I was reading all the, 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 the subjects and it's like, okay, wow, this is it. This is about culture. This is about different identities and, and, and how to connect with the with the other with a different one i was like okay let's let's uh, go deeper into that and um i really liked what i saw what i read and i decided to enroll in the masters and one in the once in the master you obviously start to dig very deeply into the world of anthropology to the point that my master's dissertation was about the use of cultural um college radios for intercultural education. Mm. So uh, I guess that at some point, without me being aware of that, I blended these two, these two passions. But then obviously I thought it was enough when I discovered the world of anthropology of a sport. Yeah. <laughs> then the sport came back, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because that's the beauty of sport, you know, sport is just, it's just another social world. So every aspect of our social lives will be reflected in sport somehow, so yeah. And uh, so then you went to to your PhD. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your PhD because I didn't finish my PhD. So I love <laughs> listening the stories of successful finished PhDs. Well, uh, dear Marcela, dear students, PhD can can be translated as a nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> like you don't even know what, where, where to start. Although the previous experiences through the bachelor's or through the master's you are hearing constantly that of you know like research methodology uh, research design blah 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 blah. you do your dissertations blah, blah blah you face the phd and you don't know anything it's like it's like okay wh where should i start you more or less know the topic but where should i start how do i structure it what are they expecting from me what do i have to deliver so it's a kind of four years in the best case scenario of uh, storming and frightening uh, yeah. <laughs> trip, but it can be done. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the good uh, lesson that I can take from that. Um, well, as I said, uh, my PhD didn't, ha that didn't have anything to do with my master's because I moved to the anthropology of sport. And it's really, really funny how I decided my uh, topic. As you said, I based it, or my case studio was Athletic Bilbao and all the fandom related to Athletic Bilbao and this policy of playing with local players. So how the team defines Basqueness. So we are already touching something called identities. But I had a, um, a lecturer at the masters who was from Bilbao. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, 
people from Bilbao are really passionate about Athletic Bilbao and you cannot be a supporter of any other team. So when I knew that he was from Bilbao, I decided to attend the first lesson with my Athletic Bilbao jersey. <laughs> nice. So when we saw, when he saw me, it's like, do I have a guy who supports Athletic Bilbao? Is, is, is it right? Because normally guys out of the Basque country support either Madrid or Barcelona. So in one of these coffee breaks, I went to him and I said, hi, Nilo, how are you? It's so nice to know that you are from Bilbao. Are you an Athletic Bilbao fan? And he said, no, I'm an Athletic Bilbao hooligan. <laughs> you know, I really love Athletic Bilbao. Yeah. Okay, so that but was... But in a good sense of the word. The yeah, 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 like extremely passionate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was our kind of uh, bl uh, blending point. It, it made us bond somehow with each other. And when we were about to finish that course, um, I went to him and I said, look, Inigo, um, I know what I'm going to do for my master's, but I'm considering to continue with my PhD. And I have thought of, I don't know, writing a, a thesis about athletic Bilbao. Uh, would you like to be my supervisor? And he said, Fernando, I would love to be your supervisor for whatever topic, but I think we cannot do uh, a thesis about athletic. Why not? You and me are extremely fans of athletic, so we will not be uh, yeah. objective at all. Yeah. No, 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 let's skip it. It's like, well, okay, as you want, uh, but then I would have to think of any other idea, probably really with the sport because I want to fusion this, but we'll see. One hour later, when I was at home, I got this sound from the email notifications. It's an email from Inigo. Fernando, forget about what I said. We will do that. This is about <laughs> Athletic Bilbao. Are you sure? Like, I am absolutely sure we want to do that. And then from then on, we started to structure and thinking of potential research questions and all this boring stuff. Um, and four years later, we were defending the, the dissertation yeah. and, and, and getting it. That's fantastic to hear that, uh, yeah, he, he thought about it again. And I mean, the lo as long as the biases is clear, it's, you know, the, the study is valid as well. So and that's why there's triangulation and all those things that the <laughs> students will learn pretty soon. But in order to, you know, make sure that the study is valid. So that's fantastic. That's pretty cool to, to hear that. And I'm sure that they will enjoy listening to the stories as well because most of the students love football. And you're also going to give a little bit of, um, let's anticipate we are this week. Yeah, we can talk about it. We'll be before the, the, the class um, that you're going to talk uh, for the, the, the minor in football management mm -hmm. that you're going to also teach. So you can also bring that experience. So, yeah, is there any kind of um, spoiler alerts that you can give regarding that? Well, um, I will be mainly focused on this uh, equality or I, I have kind of recall it inequality mm -hmm. in, in football. So obviously the students will be uh, will witness how all these um, um, different access, let's say different access to the world of football take place in, in, in a wide range of variables. So obviously gender is there because obviously now is kind of the topic. Also, uh, in terms of ethnicities, in, in, in the worst way, which is racism. Yeah. Um, but we can think of how the LGTB community is dealing with football and how these masculinities mm. uh, are so solidly constructed in a sense that they give no room for um, sort of deviances, yeah. using the, the, the proper term. Um, and how, for instance, female football has played a role in that, into how it has been the, the entrance gate so to speak, for the LGTB community. 
Uh, and also what happens with the religion. Yeah. Uh, and it's not about this idea that football is a religion, which is somehow. Yeah. But how um, belong to a specific faith uh, may be a kind of burden for certain communities and how teams have also become uh, representatives of certain uh, faiths. Mm. So how does all work? Um, obviously, as I always say, I don't want to convince the students of anything. Mm. They have their own um, ideas and actually it's nice to, to, to be in opposite sides because that fosters debate and critical thinking must be the, the driving force in that sense. Mm. But at least what I want them to know is that, okay, if someone speaks out about whatever discrimination or whatever point regarding these variables, they need to understand why that happens. Yeah. It's not that, okay, this is my point of view and this is the only scenario that I contemplate. No, there are many, many situations and you need to know these power relations and how they mm -hmm. work and why all these uh, people are raising their voices. What yeah. are they feeling? How are they feeling? Why do they feel that? Why is this happening still in football? Yeah. That's amazing. And um, it goes back to one of the theories that I, I used a lot when I, especially when I was doing PhD, is hegemony. So it's not this, you're talking about masculinity, the hegemonic masculinity, but the, the struggle with power. And like uh, when someone raises their voice or they kneel, and then you get someone from the hegemonic power, some, <clears throat> I'm sorry, some. Somebody, you know, a man, a white man saying, yeah, you just shut up and dribble, those kind of things. You can't, you have to hear what they have. Even if you don't agree, they are the ones being impacted. They are the ones suffering. It's not you, the privileged, it's them. So we have to hear what they have to say. And we can't say, oh, you shouldn't feel this way. We should never say the sentence, please don't feel this way because we're not in their shoes. So I think that's amazing. And so many links to sports sociology, which will hopefully collaborate together. Uh, and um, again, just comes to show that sports is not, <clears throat> I'm so sorry about that, <laughs> that sports is not free from, you know, it's like, oh, it's an escape. Yes, it is an escape at a certain point, but it's also a reflection of the world that we live in. And we can't think that it's perfect. I mean, look at the Olympics. The Olympics happened, but at what cost? You have most of the Japanese population against having the Olympics. Yeah, we enjoyed watching, etc. But there is also the negative side that we cannot deny. And I think that's the beauty of studying sports and mm -hmm. being critical thinkers. So a lot of the students come here and they think about, yeah, I would love to work at Olympics, IOC, FIFA, etc. And then they come to a class of sociology, for instance, that kind of challenges them and no that's not how I see things and challenge that that's important you know even if at the end they won't agree at least they will have that thought in their minds and that's the goal I, I suppose absolutely absolutely and especially how to again uh, we don't want to convince them of anything but at least they must have the tools to realize for instance now with the Superliga uh, so for some it might sound very cool okay wow you know we have a league with the best teams in, in Europe. Others uh, may feel very opposed to that, but you really need to know what's behind Superliga mm. and especially all these narratives yeah. that some teams are saying or some organizations. So the Superliga is saying one thing and for instance, UEFA uh, are saying another thing and both claim the defense of the fans. Yeah. But are they really defending the fans? Yeah. Or is the fans are, in a, are just the means, so to speak, for a further goal? 
switching completely, but now you as a teacher, because we have this chat very informal, super nice, is this what the students can expect from you in the classroom? Uh, how, how is Fernando as a teacher? I'm probably the worst marketing person ever <laughs> to ask. So sorry if I sell myself very, very badly. But um, yeah, I guess that I want to offer what I wanted to receive when I was a student. So obviously lots of debates. I think that's the best way to, to, to learn. Um, obviously, probably I know the, 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 the contents or the inner contents. And that's something that obviously I have to transmit to the students uh, because that's why they come to us uh, to learn. Um, but I think they need to be involved. Mm -hmm. And once they have their hands on, either physically doing whatever or mentally, mm -hmm. they will start to put the pieces uh, where they have to be. They have to start, they, they will start matching the pieces. And that's what I want. Uh, there are no wrong or right answers. Everything can be uh, okay as long as it is well argumented, as well mm. as long as it is well uh, structured. So that's what they should expect from, from me. Uh, mm. I'm the worst teacher ever, seriously. <laughs> I'm the worst teacher ever. Doubt it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm a very persistent person. So obviously that's what I want to transmit, that yeah. no matter how good you are, no matter whatever, keep knocking on the door, keep knocking on the door. And knocking on the door means keep debating, keep yeah. uh, discussing, keep discussing, bring your own ideas. Do not uh, just conform with someone has told you because he yeah. or she saw it on the TV or on the radio. No, 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 no. Bring this sort of um, discussing attitude and it's gonna be fine. Obviously, uh, lessons can be more or less interactive. I try to make them interactive because I think that helps in the, uh, to gain attention. Uh, I believe in this sort of gamification strategies. Um, but yeah, it's all about discussing and, and, and getting involved. Mm, fantastic. When it comes to ISPM and this view that we have to make the world better through sports, to create uh, people that want to become game changers, and we, we emphasize critical thinking, they're gonna hear critical thinking a lot, but that's what it takes. So. From your perspective, based on your experiences and how you're going to be as a teacher, what does it mean to you to be a game changer in the world of sports? I see it from a double perspective. One, probably using anthropological terms, is connected with this capacity of agency, how sport can be that arena to at least challenge the status quo or at least the, the dominant or the hegemonic, using your own uh, mm -hmm. term, the hegemonic uh, logic and rationale that is um, taking place depending on the place or the circumstances. So obviously, you know, there are three key sort of uh, understandings of a sport, like one arena just for representing what is surrounding us. Another one is just like probably it has its own codes already because it has grew, grown so big. But the one in between is like, okay, sport can be the arena to renegotiate, to reshape, to redefine what's going on. Um, I don't know, feminism uh, is not only something that happens in the parliament or with mm. politics or with um, social movements. It's something that you can also redefine on, on a sporting uh, stadium. So that's one of the aspects, this agency capacity that sport has. And the other one has, or is connected with how our students will gain the skills to really go and say, okay, you know what, we can do things differently. Uh, and to do that, and now I'm gonna 
put on the role of research for teacher. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when we are so annoying with, you know, you need to prepare your research question and use your methodologies and the design um, uh, strategy and also and all that is because to make a big impact on something that you are aiming at, it needs to be very well structured. And when you uh, internalize all these concepts and all these tools and mechanisms, so to speak, you know how to spot farther. Mm. You don't just navigate on the surface, you go deeper into the sea, and that's when you can get the clicks. And, and that's what will make your idea probably change stuff. You, yep. you, you spot a mistake, you spot a, an error, a wrongdoing. You can solve it, you can fix it. And that doesn't mean that your solution will be there forever and ever because others will come and take over you. But at least you know how to do it and how to do it in a successful way. If Imagine you want to invent the car, but the car has been invented. Why do you want to come out with the same idea that someone else has already did? No, the car is there. So take that into your advantage and try to improve it. Yeah. Because that's when you will be remembered. That's when you will kind of differentiate and collect all this if you want to do the same thing that someone else did. Yeah. There's no point in that. Yeah. Fernando, we could keep chatting because For it's hours. so <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see you coming back. And then maybe we'll focus on media and sports for the next time you're back. Or maybe you interview me. Yeah. That's another yeah. one, right? Is there any chapter about you in this podcast? No, not yet. No. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Fernando's also be a ho uh, is going to be a host here in the ISPM Talks. It just doesn't have to be just me. So, yeah, we can uh, switch things around. That would be good for a change. I'm not used to having to answer the question so that might be interesting as well okay you know what i will ask the students to prepare some questions uh, for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good one yeah that's a good one i did that already i asked them to prepare questions from other interviews so yeah they might like it awesome fernando thank you so much uh for just me. one more thing yes of course for the minor yes there will be a surprise on the very last day of the minor on, in on inequality oh yes. that's fantastic there is a gift so guys if you are listening to this, be participative because the most participative person will get a gift. Oh, fun. I don't know about that. Okay, that was my surprise. Okay, fantastic. Ooh, they will like that. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. They like they like gifts. They like bonus points. Uh, yeah, they like that. So it's good. Fantastic. Fernando, thanks again. And uh, until next time. Definitely. At your service. Yeah. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, second year students taking our minor in global issues in football management. Hope you are looking forward to the surprise. And as it was said in the chat, Fernando, with his radio experience, will also be conducting interviews to host episodes of ISPM Talks. So this promised to be a very nice academic year, as we just welcomed over 120 students into our program. And this coming Friday, we will have our second cohort of graduates receiving their diplomas. So in advance, congratulations, class of 2021. That's it for the show. Until the next episode. And as always, take care and stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.